and welcome to the Carry On Cast. This is the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church where we talk about the upcoming uh, sermon texts and the themes and uh, you get to hear the pastors pick on each other a little bit. It's always a good time. Uh, I'm Pastor Megan and I'm here with... Only Pastor Jen. Only Pastor Jen? Yes, because Jay bailed on us. That's right. Forget that guy. No, <laughs> no as you as you hear this podcast, uh, Pastor Jay will have had his last Sunday with us. And as Pastor Jen and I were just talking before we hit record, uh, we always knew this was in the books because he uh, came to us as an interim, but knowing he was ultimately looking for a, for a full-time settled call. And he found mm-hmm. one, and we're so excited for him. And it's yes. great. We will miss him. It's been fun to have him here. Uh, but for the month of February, it's uh, it's it's oh, it's Ladies Month. That's right. <laughs> That's what I I'm excited about. Ladies Pastor Month. Right. So, in February. And that's and it's I think it's great. You know, it's fun. Um, we're excited for Pastor Jay. Uh, we're also excited for Easter because uh, as of the listening of this podcast, you will have learned that we did indeed call two new pastors to our ministry here at Easter. On January 22nd, the congregation uh, overwhelmingly voted in favor of calling Pastor Eric Sevig as our community care pastor and Pastor Kevin Bergeson as our faith formation pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're both they're both really great guys. And Pastor Jen, you... you know these guys a little bit too, right? Yeah. Well, the Lutheran pastor circles, as you well know, uh, Pastor Megan, are very small. Very small. Uh, But just coincidentally, Pastor Jay and I were in the same year together at Concordia and graduated the same year. And then we went straight to a seminary together, Uh, not on purpose, but just (laughs) (laughs) happened to follow that route in our lives. And Uh, Pastor Eric was also at Concordia in the same year with us and went straight to seminary with us. So I have known Eric for a really long time. Just a solid, wonderful guy. And I'm so happy for the fit between him and the congregation. And I'm so excited with what God will do here with him and with Pastor Kevin, who um, I'm sure is going to be wonderful. Don't know him. Oh, yeah. In the same way that I know Pastor Eric, but I do know in circles... Uh, Pastor Kevin has a great reputation and just a yeah. good guy, full of energy, ready to go. Yep, and I actually do know Pastor Kevin um, because much as you and Pastor Eric had some parallels, uh, Pastor Kevin and I did too. We were at seminary almost the same time, missed each other by a little bit. Um, he and I actually served at the same internship site, not in the same year, obviously, but you know we had that same context in common, and mm-hmm. um, so it's it's just really exciting to see those those little Lutheran world circles converge here at Easter with two really uh, exciting pastors. Um, Gosh, I'm just really looking forward to working with, which I realize is such a weird thing to say, Pastor Jen, as you're sitting across from me, (laughs) because, folks, Pastor Jen will be here until our new pastors are in place. But then uh, because Mm -hmm. she is an interim, she will move on to be with another congregation in transition. So it's weird to say I'm excited for Pastor Kevin and Pastor Eric because it means that eventually... I won't get to see Pastor Jen around as much anymore. <laughs> well, I, I keep saying that this is what we want. This is what we are working toward. And as an interim, that's what we want to see. We want to see a congregation find that pastor that's a great fit and move forward to embrace them. And and my hope, and I know Pastor Jay feels the same way, is that we've been so blessed by our time here. And um, we hope that 
we were able to, just the affection and the joy and the relationships that we've been able to create in our very short time here opens up everyone's hearts to be ready for that more settled pastor and that longer term mm. relationship. So we just hope that we've been helpful, helpful in helping to get that process going. Absolutely. Oh, that's wonderful. And yep. so that brings up timeline too. Uh, pastor Eric has said that he intends to be here uh, in the beginning of March. So uh, we'll try and uh, keep an eye on that and let you folks know when you can start welcoming him. Uh, yes. Pastor Kevin has a long move ahead of him. Uh, so he He's got a few more moving pieces, uh, literally. Uh, so we'll we'll look for him. I think maybe a, a little bit uh, earlier this spring. I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe mm-hmm. sometime around Easter. Potentially, we'll just uh, we'll just have to wait and see. And we will be excited when he's here. And of course, folks, we'll let you all know. Uh, when you can expect him as well, so that you can get ready to welcome them both. Yeah, and the timing worked out actually really great because Pastor Jay, as you mentioned, was looking for a more subtle call and has found it. We're so glad. Mm. And Eric, Pastor Eric is now able to come and replace, you know, fill in for Pastor Jay. Yeah. <laughs> and I have the flexibility to stay a little longer, which just all works out great. It really did. Mm-hmm. I, I, the timing of it all kind of came together kind of beautifully. So, yes. Uh, Holy yeah. Spirit. It's almost Amen. like God is in charge of the whole <laughs> what? thing. Oh, who knew? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so folks, there's there's really exciting things on the horizon and we're, we're so glad to be able to share them with you. We're mm. also glad to share with you the next uh, text in our sermon series. We are hearing uh, in this part of the winter from the Gospel of Matthew. Mm -hmm. The sermon series is the great teacher because a lot of these stories are really focused on uh, the things that Jesus teaches, lots of parables. Uh, We've been talking about the Sermon on the Mount, all these times when Jesus is really establishing himself as a leader and especially as a teacher uh, in this first half of the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, So we are continuing to learn from Jesus, particularly in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, And Pastor Jen, you've been kind of keeping us on track with paying attention to where we're at in that series of teachings. Yes, the Sermon on the Mount is uh, chapters 5, 6, and 7 of the book of Matthew, and it's this long sermon or teaching that Jesus gives on the top of a mountain. Uh, We know sermon on a right. Yeah. Teaching literally (laughs) on the mountain. Yep. Yep. And we know the disciples are listening. We are also assuming that the crowds are listening in too. And we need to remember in this context that the crowds who are listening to Jesus are not just people who are doing well, that the crowds are also people seeking out Jesus because they are dealing with sickness, with mental illness, with whatever life has thrown at them. They know Jesus as someone who could potentially heal them, bring them hope, and so they have searched him out. And Jesus has taken this time to give all of these wonderful teachings about how we, as followers of Jesus, could, should live our lives, uh, how we can follow Christ in the best way we can. So we've got all sorts of things like the Lord's Prayer that we did last week. We've got the Beatitudes. Uh, All through these three chapters in Matthew, Jesus gives these teachings, and finally we're at the very end. So today we are closing out the Sermon on the Mount with the end of chapter 7, and this is how Jesus chooses to take all of these sayings and sum them up. And this is what he has to say. So our reading for today is Matthew chapter 7, the very end, verses 24 through 29. 
And Jesus says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was its fall. And now there is an exclamation mark here, I just realized. Yeah, yeah. Well, and let's note, too, that whenever there's punctuation in in the Bible passage, uh, that is not in the Greek. Greek does not use punctuation, nor does it really even use, like, spacing. Um, This is kind of just Mm -hmm. this constant flow of letters. Um, So, yes, there is a sense uh, that translators have picked up that this is an emphatic statement that requires an exclamation point. Uh, And to close out with the last two verses, now when Jesus had finished saying these things, so this means all of chapters 5, 6, and 7, the crowds were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as their scribes. This is the word of the Lord. Oh, thanks be to God, especially because this is the word of the Lord that reminds us that when we not only listen for God's word, but but obey, follow, participate with it, mm-hmm. uh, be uh, faithfully uh, working with each other, and um, you know, listening constantly to God's word, uh, that we are we are built on a solid foundation that we can withstand whatever comes at us. That's mm-hmm. the that's the promise of of Jesus in this text that we are called not only to listen, but you must first listen. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then as you listen, to uh, to follow through, to act, to, to do what is being asked of you. Yeah, we have faith that Jesus' words transform us. And that transformation is seen in the way we live. And uh, I think that's just a really important part of what it means to live as a community of faith and as people of faith. I think back to what Pastor Jay said a couple weeks ago about um, Psalm 1 where if your tree is planted um, by the waters, by God's word, it will grow, it will be strong. And that if we live as God intends, uh, the world is better. <laughs> and I thought that was so powerful. And I don't know if we say that enough. Yeah, it's especially because it's really easy, I think like we've said before, to individualize our faith. This is mm-hmm. about me. This is about my relationship with God. This is about my success, my yeah. thriving. And look, folks, I. I want you to be successful and thriving and healthy and well and to be in a close relationship with God. I want those things um, for you individually, uh, but I also want it for us corporately. I want mm-hmm. us to to live into God's word, not just so that we as individuals can benefit, but so that we as a faith community, as a wider community, as all of God's people can, can know this goodness at work among us all. So yeah, I mean, it was never meant to be uh, kept to ourselves or, mm-hmm. or only for ourselves but so that we, so that all of creation can truly thrive in keeping with with God's will for it. Yeah, that's a good point that it's not only people, but also creation that benefits when we, and that's our intention, Mm -hmm. is that we live in communion with creation and that we also live in ways that benefit people and the world. I think that's a really good point, Pastor Megan, that you make about creation Mm. in that we... And not only when we live according to God's word, uh, we benefit the community, but 
also the world benefits, yeah. creation itself benefits. And that's part of God's intention is that this goodness will uh, benefit everyone. Right, right. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, as we're looking at this this text as a whole, right, this is the, the summation of the Sermon on the Mount. So it's mm-hmm. it's saying that all of these things, I mean, the, the stories that we've pointed to before um, about, you know, the Lord's Prayer, Ask, Seek, Knock, um, Salt and Yeast, that this these aren't just for the individual, but these mm-hmm. are also uh, things that benefit the community, that can uh, benefit all of creation. It's very much this outward facing um, for the benefit of all things sort mm-hmm. of way of life. Mm-hmm. And I love this image. I think this is a really powerful image. We were talking before we started recording. We were trying to remember the Sunday school song uh, is it, that yeah, uses this. Right? But uh. I think what what's important about that, even if we can't remember the exact song, <laughs> <laughs> is that this is an image that is accessible, and it's accessible to people of all ages. It's it's so clear that if you build your house on a good foundation, which we all know, mm-hmm. you will have a strong home. If if you build your house on something that is not strong, it will fall. And that is such a simple reminder and powerful reminder. I mean, obviously Jesus knew how to impact people and help them remember what he says. And so I think that is just great. And there's hymns, tons of hymns, oh my gosh, songs right? all about the rock. Being built on the rock, the yes. rock of ages. Yeah. And it's a, it's a beautiful metaphor, right? Because mm-hmm. we got, we all get it. Like yep. you said, we all know what it is to be on something solid and firm and defensive. And like, I even, you know, the rain fell, the floods come, the winds blow. I mean, mm-hmm. we know what that feels like. We've seen what happens when those things come. And it's really easy to parallel that metaphor with some period of your life, some, yep. some awful thing that happened to you, to your family, uh, to your neighborhood, and any of those things. And so there is that reminder that yes, those things will come. You know, it's Mm -hmm. not like you build your house on a rock and then you're immune from any difficult thing. Mm -hmm. But when the difficult things inevitably come, you have a strong foundation that will hold you up. Yes. And that's a promise of, Mm. of Jesus to us that this is this is real. If yeah. you have this strong foundation, if you follow my word, if you listen to what I say, you will have this strength. It's even like thinking back to the temptation and how Jesus had scripture in his heart, in his mind that he was able to cling to during those times. And this is reflecting all of that, all of this, that as we live, having that word of, of Jesus in our hearts really is a foundation for how we live our lives yes. and that we can see the connection and we can see the actions that happen out of um, listening to Jesus and how we live and that it's powerful as yeah. a church yeah. we believe yeah. this is true well and this is I mean ultimately this is Easter's mission statement right to grow in faith and carry on the work of Jesus Christ I think that is at work here you you grow in faith you hear the word of Jesus, you mm-hmm. hear God's word, like you grow in your faith, you continue to learn and uh, and challenge and understand. Uh, and then you carry on the work of Jesus Christ, like you live it out, you live mm-hmm. out that faithfulness, you stand firm on that rock and, and do what is being asked of you. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, that's just, uh, that's just discipleship. That's yes. just being out there in God's world. Yes. Um, I also, so my my version of, of, of the Bible here uh, is one of those red letter ones where whenever Jesus talks, his words are red, right? Uh, and there's a lot of red for three chapters. <laughs> yes. But then the very last two verses are not in red because it's commentary. We have Matthew back saying, now 
when Jesus had finished saying these things, right, the crowds were astounded at his teaching. Um, and I get a little nervous about verse 29 mm -hmm. because it says, you know, he taught them as one having authority and not as their scribes. I think an incorrect way to read that would be to say that somehow uh, the scribes were bad or wrong because it's a real short step from there to say uh, the, the Jewish people of Jesus' time were bad or wrong and it's a very even shorter step from there to get to straight up anti-semitism yes. so it, i just i want to take a moment and let this little one-off uh passage just just have a moment mm -hmm. um because i don't think that's what's going on here it's not saying that jesus was good and they were bad yeah it, it in some ways it does make you think that it's either or it's jesus against the scribes right. and that's not how we view it nowadays um, that it's the scribes often would quote scripture from the old testament the torah and that is what they would use when they would share um, wisdom with people and would teach people and jesus is doing something a little different but he is building on their foundation and right. just bringing a different perspective not that the scribes were bad or that right. the old testament is not uh complete on its own right. and that there's there's more jesus is just bringing something we even use the word radical yeah in yeah. this moment right because that that word that's used here in verse 28 that the crowds were astounded as at his teaching mm -hmm. you could just as easily take that same word and say something like shocked mm -hmm. um the the implication is that there's a strong reaction from people about what is happening right now so it's not like they're astounded like oh my gosh you're so much smarter than the scribes it's no they're used to a style of teaching which mm -hmm. is perfectly legitimate and good and in keeping with their tradition um, and now they're hearing someone teaching but in a way they've never heard before and it's it's different it's it's taking god's word and saying and now we're going to take it another level and say, what does this mean for how you live this out? It's just different. And mm -hmm. so they're shocked. There is surprise for them because the teaching, like you said, Pastor Jen, is radical. Yeah. And what I wonder if some of this, this the radicalness of this teaching comes from Jesus challenging some cultural norms of the time. Right. And, and this whole idea of community who is included in community, lifting up those who suffer. Because at the time, there's possibility culturally that if you suffered, it was because of your sin. Right. Um, you deserved and, it. Yes. Right. And, and I think that even exists today. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. It's, it's not something that we left behind. Mm -hmm. um, but Jesus is challenging that and yeah. saying, even if you are sick, even if you are struggling, I'm calling you blessed, and that our community also needs to look upon these people as blessed people, and that we are, I'm blessing the peacemakers, right. not the Pax Romana, right. but, you know, <laughs> but the people who are truly living out my peace. Right. Um, so that might be part of it, is, is that Jesus was really, and we know Jesus was challenging cultural norms, because ultimately that is what brought him to the cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so there's, there is some, maybe there's an astoundedness, you know, a shock here that Jesus would say something that wasn't 
safe, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there is a, a real tense truce between uh, the Jewish people and the Roman occupiers because the, the Jews know they get to practice their faith so long mm-hmm. as they don't make too much of a fuss. Um, and so there is very much this sense of just trying to just trying to not make too much of a fuss. And so here's Jesus attracting a huge big crowd. Uh, what leads him to the Sermon on the Mount is is these miraculous healings. Yeah. So word is spreading that this guy is something big and different and special. And so and he doesn't try to quiet it down, right? He's not trying to keep things calm. So he's not teaching like one of the scribes because he's doing something. Oh, profoundly dangerous and risky yes yes and this and the scribes know that doing something profoundly dangerous and risky could be dangerous not just for you as an individual but actually also for the faith community and so there's a real tension Mm -hmm. there um so i just i want to make sure that we don't look at this as a jesus is good and they're bad it's saying no 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 there's a lot of tensions at work here and the the shock on the part of the people is whoa this is really different and maybe even this is a, a tiny bit dangerous. Yes, yes, that Jesus is challenging some of the powers that be of his time. And I, I think it is really helpful to, when we read the New Testament, to try to be sensitive and right. aware of the places that could be seen as anti-Semitic or yeah. could be interpreted in mm-hmm. that way and to really think about it deeply and to try to think about it in ways that lift up uh, the Jewish followers uh, and Jewish people of the time in in ways that are respectful. Yeah, absolutely. Because, at the, I mean, <laughs> at the beginning of Scripture, at the beginning of all things, uh, we're all Abrahamic faiths. Mm-hmm. Uh, Judaism and Islam and Christianity all have the same roots and foundation. We're all, you know, to use this story's example, built on that same rock. So yes. we're looking for ways that we can continue to foster meaningful faith relationships and not try to make ourselves feel more important. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that's true. <laughs> uh, so, hey, and with that one, um, gosh, we have, we've closed up the uh, the Sermon on the Mount and we get to move on into the Gospel of Matthew and yes. hear a little bit more about Jesus as a teacher. Uh, so, hey, thanks for joining us today, folks. It's always good to be with you and learn more together. Uh, thanks for joining us on the Carry On Cast uh, here at Easter Lutheran Church, where our mission is to grow in faith and carry on the work of Jesus Christ. Thanks, everyone.